Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast. This was Tuesday, so it's going to be a rather brief episode and probably a little more personal than my Thursday version. You know, in doing this podcast, the whole point of this was to help other people like I was a few years ago, very left brain, very focused in you know the way life was going and how I was raised. And I saw life a certain way, primarily through my, my religious prism. And the soul unleashed process refers to the process of where I have gained a different understanding or different perspective of the reality of life, the reality of why we're here. And not that I was hit by a lightning bolt or anything, but over the course of the past two years, things uh, have happened that have caused me to question some of the paradigms that I, that I grew up with. One of those has to do with the concept of suffering and what's the point of us being here. You know, when I was raised, I was raised to believe that suffering is good, that, you know, when, when you, you you suffer, you know, when I had when I had a hangnail or something as a kid or, you know, I hit my finger or whatever, uh, when I had those kind of issues, my, my mother would say, hey, you know, just offer it up. Offered up for the poor, offered up for kids in Africa, I don't know, whatever. But suffering was considered noble and something that we were supposed to do as part of just being Christian or being Catholic. And what got me thinking on this particular tangent was I get emails from the Institute of Catholic Culture. I've mentioned this before and I appreciate them. And, you know, this podcast is not a criticism of Catholicism because I believe that it's important, and it's certainly important to many people, as is Christianity. And all it is is just my interpretation of what I've come to believe filtered through my my Catholic upbringing. But I got an email from the Institute of Catholic Culture. It was on Good Friday, and it was entitled, Let Us Take Up Our Cross and Die With Him. And I thought, man, that sounds, that sounds interesting. So I read the email, and in it, it quotes... Of uh, something, a homily, I guess, that was given by St. Gregory Nazianzen. And St. Gregory was a fourth century father of the church. He was born, I think, in 13, or born in 330, 330 AD. He lived in the 300s. And this is what he said about suffering. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but they offer it in this email. It says, May this serve as a meditation to enter more deeply into the solemn mystery of Christ's passion. And just as one sentence by St. Gregory goes as follows, he said, By suffering, let us imitate his passion. By our blood, let us reverence his blood. Let us gladly mount upon the cross. Sweet are the nails, though they be very painful. For to suffer with Christ and for Christ is better than a life of ease with others. Unquote. And I read that, and I, I read it probably three times. I was reading it, and I'm thinking, man, why, why would anybody think this. Why is it better to suffer uh, with Christ and for Christ than, than to have a life of ease with others? There are many times growing up when I, when I felt guilty because I wasn't happy or I felt guilty because I, was, I had money and other people didn't. I felt guilty because my life was going well and other people were struggling. And part of that is because of doctors of the church here, like St. Gregory Nazianzen, who wrote these kind of things. There's a tendency, I think, among Christians, certainly, that the closer one was to and writing these things, the closer one was to the life of Christ, in St. Gregory's case, the 300s, right? He was 
300 or so years removed from, from the life of Christ, the closer one was to Christ's time, maybe the smarter they were or the holier they were or the the more they knew, you know, the, quote, doctors of the church. So I, I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm no big expert on the doctors of the church. It just seems to me that St. Gregory of Nazianzen, more power to him if, if, he, if he thinks that suffering is the way. I believe that living deliberately, and we all strive for happiness, striving for happiness is what we're doing in this life, not by taking advantage of others, but by loving others. Striving for happiness is what we do in this life by helping others. I'm not sure how we help others by suffering for them or by suffering ourselves. Anyway, that was one thing. So then yesterday, Easter, I received another email from the ICC. And this one was a little happier. And it was entitled, Christ has risen. Indeed, he is risen. And that that was great. So I read that and it talked about St. John Chrysostom. And St. John Chrysostom gave a homily, which is called, it's been quoted many times, I'm sure you've heard it, O death, where is thy sting? O hell, where is thy victory? And St. John Chrysostom was another early church father. He was, he was almost a contemporary, he was a contemporary of St. Gregory of Nazianzen. He was born in 347 and died in 407. The reason I mention him is because he wrote some other things which kind of caught my attention, again, about suffering. When I see something that's that's written by somebody that makes me say, hmm, I want to go and learn more about them or why they wrote it. So I've already mentioned St. Gregory, but St. John Chrysostom was uh, an early church father, a bishop. He was the bishop of Antioch. But he also decided that he was going to become a hermit. And so he decided, he set out for the desert and he lived an ascetic life of a hermit. And in fact, he did such extreme mortifications that it left his health in a very fragile state. He he also talked a lot about suffering and how it was important to suffer. And again, maybe these guys were just smarter because they were in the third century and closer to Christ, but it does does sound like such a a smart idea to me. But uh, he died in 407, and the reason he died is because he had so debilitated his physical condition that he was exiled, and as he was being transferred during his exile, he, he died. So he wrote something which I thought was interesting, and again, it refers to fear, and it refers to the way that I was raised in terms of going to church. He said, this is St. John Chrysostom, when you are before the altar where Christ reposes, you ought no longer to think that you are amongst men, but believe that there are troops of angels and archangels standing by you and trembling with respect before the sovereign master of heaven and earth. Therefore, when you are in church, be there in silence, fear, and veneration, unquote. And man, that's exactly how I remember being first, second grade in St. Sacred Heart School, Sacred Heart Church in Mount Ephraim, New Jersey, scared scared to death looking at the altar and the, the, the blood and the, and the crucifix. And, and that's the way that we were supposed to feel. That's the way that children were raised. I don't know if it, uh, if it hurt me <laughs> mentally. It was funny, though. We were with our granddaughter. This was a couple of years ago, and we took her to Mass with us, my wife and I. And she's not used to going to Catholic Mass. It was one of the first times. And there's a huge crucifix over the altar in this beautiful church. Anyway, she taps me on the shoulder and whispers into my ear, Jesus is bleeding. <laughs> 
And I thought, you know, I didn't even think about it anymore because it's just part of the church. But it does have an effect on kids. And just one final thought here before I close this out. Easter is a very special time. For most Christians, it is the most important holiday on on the calendar, even more important than Christmas when Jesus was born. Easter is the symbol of Christ rising, Christ's victory over death. And it's the whole point, the whole purpose of Christianity is that Jesus was no ordinary man, that he came back from, from the dead. And there have been many times throughout my life when I have accepted or felt that this was the truth, the truth meaning Jesus and God. I've heard heard other people talk about their the time when the Holy Spirit came into them and entered them, and I think that's happened to me on more than one occasion. Uh, not that it's made me perfect or anything, but there have been times, and I was just thinking specifically the other day of Promise Keepers. For those of you that many of you aren't even old enough to remember Promise Keepers, but they were an organization that was a predominantly a men's organization focused on praise and worship of of Christ. And in 1995, they held this rally in Washington, D.C. at RFK Stadium. And I remember going there with some good friends of mine. And it was a wonderful experience. It was an environment where there were like 53,000 men in RFK Stadium all singing. I remember the words, the song specifically. It was holy, holy, holy. Singing that song with my eyes closed, my arms raised, and just feeling that this was truth, that I, I felt that I was in, in the presence of God. And it was a good thing. And it happened again in 1997. Promise Keepers uh, did something on the mall in Washington, D.C. It was They were trying to, I think, duplicate the Million Man March. There, were, there weren't a million Promise Keepers, but there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And we had some guys come stay with us at our home, and uh, I think our son went with us. We, and we went down to the mall, and it was a day-long thing. And it was wonderful. And the promise keeper, the whole concept of promise keepers now is something that's probably considered, you know, anachronistic, old fashioned, but it was, a, I think, a very powerful organization. I'm not even sure if they're still around today. Even back then, they were accused of being some kind of right wing organization. And I'm sure today, <laughs> I'm sure today they would get nowhere near Washington, D.C. But it was an organization very dedicated to helping men become better fathers, better husbands. Uh, better servants, servants of Christ. And I mention that only because, as I've said, this podcast is not an attack on Christianity. It's not an attack on religion even. It's just an attack on the ways that religion has controlled, at least my life, I can only speak for me, how religion has controlled my life and made me uh, fearful in a lot of respects and in, in terms of religion, in that life is a life sucks and then you die, basically, or life sucks, then you die, then you get judged. That's kind of how I was living my life. And I've come now to appreciate that it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and that we're intended to live life deliberately and joyfully, and seeking happiness is the purpose of life. Seeking happiness, and that's expressed through love to others, but seeking that is, is what we should be doing and not figuring out ways to suffer and die for our religion. So that's that's the uh, that's the thought for today. A little bit longer than I expected, but just got me thinking. I I love Easter. I love Easter time. I will continue to do so, but I no longer look at it as a time for uh, fear or a time for judgment. But it's a time for joy. Thank you for joining me. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'd be happy to hear from you. You can send me an email at mike at mike uh, I respond to everything. 
And uh, you can also comment on my podcast if you choose to at on my website, which is MikeNicholas.com. And I'll just put in the show notes here just a, a link to where you can learn more if you choose to about St. Gregory of Nazianzus and St. John Chrysostom. All right. Thank you. Have a great Tuesday. Rest of the week. Bye-bye.